Welcome everyone to another great episode of the Do Better Dev Show. Today I'm here with your favorite co-host Nathan, who's also a certified AWS specialist now, so we have to mention that every time. And how's your week been, Nathan? My week's been good. I don't know about every time. Uh, it might be a bit redundant, but I am I'm happy that that is accomplished and I don't have to worry about it. It's actually been a pretty quiet week, but after last week, considering one of the exciting things about last week was having to study for and, and write an exam, I'm okay with a bit of a quieter week. So also, Gan, you had to go and do it. You had to go and let everybody know about the podcast. Now people I know can listen to my stupid voice saying stupid things on this show. And uh, I, got, I didn't realize how much street cred you had, uh, or social cred, I guess, because that happened quick. A lot of people started listening, at least relative to what I expected, which was very little, if any. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting very much either. Also, I feel like we have to mention the certification because it's like people who'd get their doctorate and if you're like, hey, is your name Mr. Blah? And they're like, no, 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 it's Dr. Blah, like Dr. Stephen Strange. So now Mr. I have to be Mr. like, Doctor. Mr. Doctor, well, that's strange. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so then I could just be like, yes, meet my friend, AWS certified specialist, Nathan Calvin. And then they'll be like, well, which one's his first name? I'm like, don't question that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's just certified. You need to know this. Yeah. Yes. Go on dates. That's how you open up. Or just like, they have excellent wine here. By the way, I made a blue certified. You know, I was going to argue with you, but every time I argue with somebody about anything related to dating, they're always like, do you have proof this doesn't work? And since I don't, <laughs> I really can't say anything. I don't that think, is an ironclad. I don't think it's going to be the first move, though. Um, I'll try oh. some other things first, and if I'm really striking out, maybe, maybe bring up the AWS certification, see if it keeps things moving along a bit better. Yeah, you you gotta collect the data, you know, throwing that in, seeing how the emotions and everything change. Right. Uh, like how that guy said yeah. that intuition is just machine learning for humans, which is just learning. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> just flip flip things around. Every couple of years, exactly the same thing that has happened before it comes back. Like how we were discussing the other other week, some article about somebody being like, oh, microservices are old, monoliths are new. And we're like, have you been in the industry long enough that we've like hit full circle? It didn't take long. <laughs> it did not take long, that is true. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, going back to the your initial point, we did. We hit have a hundred plays. By the time this comes out, the number will be a little bit more up. <laughs> we have a uh, Instagram following. We have some sort of social media presence. And I constantly also live in the fear of people I know actually hearing my voice in a recorded manner and not in person. Um, but you know what? I'm just gonna move past it. This is why I never listen to any of the episodes we've recorded because I don't want to. I want to go through that. Um, <laughs> But people who are willingly going through it, thank you, thank you so much for your support. Uh, we were very happy to see those numbers, as Nathan mentioned, super surprised. And yeah, if you have feedback and want to keep this ball rolling, just hit us up in our DMs uh, so that we know what kind of episodes and information we can provide value with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what you're saying is message Gian because 
he's doing all the social media stuff and I'll just keep editing the podcast and being the top voted co-host and that's that'll be my contribution but it, yeah if you message me it's mo- more or less a black hole so don't really worry about it yeah yeah just just uh, everything to do with the channel just hit us up on the channel instagram or the channel email perfect and yeah no no social media on normal because yeah i my personal account is personal and you know just I'm probably not gonna get back to you if you do it there, but if you do it on the page, I could be like, oh, cool, we as a team really wanna talk to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, and if it's a great message, I'll ask Nathan to edit it into our videos, you know, or we'll read some of the good feedback if it comes up. Yeah. Just, if you wanna be famous on this podcast, which apparently now is listened to more than one person, <laughs> it's just, to the moon, to the moon really That's is right. the yeah. quote here. So. With that out of the way, everybody now knows how surprised we are that people are listening. Do you have anything interesting, frustrating, or cool from the past week? I, I do. Uh, so the interesting was the podcast. The frustrating thing is it's, it's sort of a pet peeve and it shows up every time I buy tea, okay. is how tea bags are packed into these additional paper packaging which is packed into this additional boxes. And it just seems so much wasteful because you can just put the tea bags together because tea is already packed in those tea bags. It just, it doesn't make sense to me to waste all that extra paper just to like airtight seal them in this little pouch when there is a clear box it's holding in. So very frustrating. Uh, I know it's not tech related, but I had to bring it up. Um, and then the cool thing was the newsletter I've been following um, has actually given me some cool stuff. So very recently, I learned apparently that they did uh, autonomous robotic surgery on a pig. And everybody knows how much we love experiments on animals on the show. That's a, that's a joke. Please don't use that quote and come after me. But, <laughs> I was going to say, this is uh, going to be the first time this has come up ever on the show. No, no, no. Remember we talked about the brain chip monkey. Oh, yeah. The Neuralink mind pod. Yeah, exactly. So now there's, including this, it'll be the second time we're sharing some news like that. But uh, they have this like robotic arm thing uh, that goes into the heart and it uses something called haptic touch. Uh, to navigate dark areas. So apparently that's what insects and bugs do. Uh, but it was able to go in and repair a leaky heart valve, which was extremely cool because if you've seen Magic School Bus, you want little magical things going in you, fixing you, and you you living forever. So the, the newsletter is paying off. Nice. Because it's free. That's a good return. Uh, yeah, that's good, because when you first mentioned that you were uh, subscribed to this newsletter, it wasn't doing a whole lot. So it sounds like it's... Because mm-hmm. I, I just subscribed it and never read it. So I, I think I'm, I'm, I have some fault in there. Uh, <laughs> but they send me enough emails that if I actually like, pay attention to them, there are articles in there that I, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. What about you? What have you been so up to? I, well, I wrote down two things for this part of the show. The first one is somewhat tech related, which is uh, MKBHD, which is a YouTuber. He has, uh, he released the second season of Retro Tech, 
and the first season was quite a while ago where he talked about old technologies, quote unquote old technologies like uh, the car phone and that's the one I, the thumbnail I specifically remember. But it was a season all about old technologies and this season two, it's at this point come out at least a few weeks ago, but I finally got around to watching it and it was really good. And he, the theme for this season was he took the retro perspective on what technology of today would look like and then basically said how does this compare to what was expected or predicted and what do we still even want that so he talked about for example flying cars and he, a lot of people were like projecting that we would have flying cars and he talked to people who were like do we even want flying cars is that a good idea talked about teleportation talked about hoverboards a bunch of different things i think there was five five or six episodes and they're all about 20 minutes long and it was really good as with everything he makes it's really high quality and there's an associated podcast episode he has a podcast called the waveform podcast and it's also really good i may have mentioned it on a previous episode i don't remember but it's really good and it's he has the entire uncut interview with um, neil degrasse tyson which was spliced throughout the different episodes so if you want to listen to the whole thing then that's an episode on there. The other thing is just a follow-up to one of the cool things I mentioned, I think last week, which was Johnny Boy's EU versus North America Rocket League Twitch stream. It, he's uh, uh, finished uploading the different matches. So there were three, ma three different series throughout that four-hour stream. He's uploaded them to YouTube. So I'll put those in the show notes because this Twitch stream will expire after 60 days or whatever. And so it's, you miss a lot of the banter that was between the matches and around them, but you get the idea. So if you, if you are curious at all or you enjoy Rocket League or you want something fun to listen to, there's a lot of really good banter in those um, videos and they're each about an hour long. So but it's kind of like a podcast because it's just a bunch of people, like four guys hanging out watching people play video games and talking about stuff. So recommend that. And those were my, my two things. Really cool. Yeah, very YouTube-based because that's where I spend a lot of my free time. <laughs> yeah, apparently I learned right before this call that the only subscription service Nathan has is YouTube. No, no, Spotify. Because no. <laughs> I don't pay for YouTube. Spotify, right. Sorry, the place where he consumes his video-based media is not Netflix, Disney Plus, or Prime. It's YouTube. Yes. So if anybody from Google is listening to this, you know, throw my boy some <laughs> some premium premium stuff in there. Yeah, I need a sponsorship, a YouTube sponsorship. Yeah, please. Yeah. Um, although, yeah, and then I guess we can we can move on to our next segment, which is we're at the series finale. I'm so excited. Five to Five episodes. Here. Wow. So excited, right? Five episodes talking about what to do and what not to do from the beginning to the end of the interview process. Yeah, everybody's basically an expert at this point. So they're getting tons of offers, and now they don't know what That's to true. do. That's true. You've, you've cracked that technical coding interview. You've cracked the HR interview. <laughs> unless You're just like sitting there. Unless you took our advice and just bailed on those interviews. <laughs> Yeah, then, then you know, then you've cracked life itself and you're here to just find out what to do at the end. 
if you're one of those people who, you know, just said no to all the job offers, maybe you've found Zen in life and this episode may not be for you. Um, but for the people who went through the interview processes and came out on the other side, uh, successful or not, uh, yeah, this is the episode where we talk about how, how those places end. So Nathan, what's the first step that happens once you've cracked all those interviews? So assuming that you get an offer, someone will reach out either by calling you or probably emailing you and saying, hey, we think that you'd be a good fit for this position. This is what we're considering. Uh, I should say, it also really depends on what discussions you've had up to this point. So if there were no expectations set about when you're gonna start, how much you're gonna get paid, these sorts of things, that will probably come up now and it would have been great to discuss that earlier to save everybody some time if things don't line up. But you'll, at that point, confirm a lot of those factors that go into day one as far as what your salary is going to be like, when you actually work there, when, how long it's going to be before you qualify for benefits, how long until you need to get started. So you know, some companies will look months ahead and say, yeah, we're going to hire for January and right now it's October. and that's fine. You can plan to start in January. Other companies will be more interested in hiring right away and say, we have these positions that we need filled. If you can hire, if you can start as soon as possible, we would love that. And so knowing what you're getting into ahead of time can help you plan accordingly. And uh, those sorts of things are going to come up at this point if they haven't already. Yeah, yeah, totally. So let, let's start with the start date. What's a, what's a good way to set those up? So, as I mentioned before, make sure that if you have something in your contract that says you're supposed to give a certain amount of weeks notice, that you know about that, so you can give appropriate weeks notice and don't have to just say, I need to take this other job and I need to leave and hope that they're cool with it. So check that. Chances are it's probably general expectation, at least where we live, to be about two weeks. You give her two weeks notice and then you should be good to go after that. If, obviously, if there's um, relocation or something involved, that would need to be discussed as well. You know, how can you start from your current location and then move later? Do they want you on site right away? Obviously, right now, everybody's pretty much remote, so it doesn't really matter. But those are the initial questions, really, is just like making sure that you can exit your existing position without burning bridges along the way, if possible and gracefully transfer into the next role, which again is really just about expectations. You know what you're getting into and there's no big mysteries on either side of that exchange. So I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. It's like they're going to say what they're going to say and hopefully you've discussed it at this point, up to this point already and if you haven't, it's just gonna be laid out for you. Say this is our expectations and if they don't match yours, then you need to have a discussion but hopefully you've discussed those things already. You know when you're roughly when they wanted you to start and you just say, yes, this sounds good. The things that could come up are, for example, if you don't like the final compensation package that you're ending up with and you need to have some discussion around that. Yeah, yeah. And even just for like the start date, like you mentioned, check your contract. I, I know this friend who apparently thought it was two weeks but in his contract it was four weeks which is crazy um that's but my friend should have read their contract more carefully they really should have apparently they didn't even when they were hired so 
you know, when, when you sign job offers, people read them. Not just, don't just sign them. Yeah, well, even if you do read them, <laughs> hypothetically, you may forget 14 months later what mm. was in it. So keep in mind. That's true. Yeah. Refresh your memory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then another thing I generally like look for um, before setting a start date is, again, yeah, you have that expectation of telling the company of the amount of time you're like, when can you start when you answer that question. So depending on your role and your importance in the current company you're at, um, discuss it with the HR or the at least see your ongoing projects and everything. Because what I found is, especially with like more senior positions, you definitely want to give at least one to two months of notice, um, train, ideally hire somebody to replace you before you go, participate in interviews and things, or start doing the documentation so that some people after you, the ship keeps sailing. You don't want, unless you really hate the company and you want them to die and burn once you leave, um, which is, you know, it's not a cool thing, man. Don't do that. Like, Don't burn your bridges unless you really badly hate them and never want to visit the place again. Um, yeah. So so keep those in mind because uh, especially, and if you're new, it doesn't, it might not seem like it's a big deal to you, but it takes a lot of time to like hire and retrain and replace people. So just as out of respect for a company, even if you're new enough and don't think you've provided enough value, give them enough time to offboard you properly um, before you go get the new job. And from what I've heard, like that answer vibes really well with whoever the new company you're going with. If you just say, oh yeah, I can quit anytime or start, they're just like, oh, so you don't really like, are you not that valued at the company or what's going on? Uh, as opposed to if you say, I wanna make sure I wrap up all my work, document it, I really hire a replacement, I wanna make sure the team keeps running smoothly after I leave, um, they'll be more understanding and people want people like that on their team. Mm -hmm. And if you are able to leave right away, that might mean justifying it, like explain why that is. So if you're working at a, a dev shop that, work, that uses a lot of contracts and you're between contracts, that would be good information to share. Say, I'm currently between contracts, so I'm looking for other opportunities, which is why I'm able to leave, and not just, I'm incredibly unimportant to my company, so they'll let me go pretty much whenever and nobody will miss me, because that doesn't sound great either. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, definitely. I, I've definitely noticed that where there's, my first job that I quit, um, I was able to leave within four hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was crazy. So one of the reasons I left that job was because there wasn't enough work for me to do. So anytime a contract would come, I'd finish it up pretty quick and then I would just be bored. And since I was new, they weren't giving me enough work. Um, but then a different company with a different bit more culture and work set invited me to work for them. So I went to my manager at like, 10 a.m. and had that talk with him where I said, hey, I have this other job, I'm leaving. Uh, here's my three weeks notice. I don't have anything to work on right now. I've finished everything that was openly assigned to me. I'm just waiting for new work to come in. So ideally I could just leave today. And he was like, what? Let me go talk to some project managers. And three or four hours later, he showed up to my desk and was like, yeah, if you want, you can just leave today. <laughs> And I was like, cool, and I, I left. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it really depends on your situation. Uh, 
to be fair, I'd only worked there for like three months, uh, not not even really, and yeah, that was my fresh out of school job. So, if you're eager enough to get all your work done on time, you can just disappear, and the company will, you know, be okay. That's funny. So, <laughs> is there anything I've missed in the initial expectation setting? I mean, obviously there is salary negotiation or compensation discussion. Again, really depends on what's happened up to this point. So it was a bit easy early on in the process. It's like everything's very structured. And now at this point, it really depends on what expectations you set up leading to this. Because if it's a complete surprise, then there's gonna be more room for discussion. But I'll say at least from my most recent experience, the expectations for compensation were set by my the recruiter that I was working through so like I let her know what range I was looking to get hired for and then that way she communicated directly to companies that were looking to hire that she had a developer with these skills looking to be hired for this range and then at that point I just knew all right if they're accepting my uh, application to interview there and continue me through the process they know all the information they know what the expectations are. And so when it got to the end, it was exactly what I asked for because if it wasn't something they were going to be willing to hire me for, they wouldn't have kept bringing me through the process. So that sort of thing, again, I just wanna reiterate how great it was having a third party recruiter to work with because they made my job very easy in the interviewing process. But if you don't have that and it's just you, again, answer this for me, what would you do? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to reiterate that point, like very much so every job offer, we've also talked about in the previous first, I think part one, um, most job offers will have a predetermined salary range. Just ask a recruiter, uh, it'll make both of your lives very easy. Um, but let's say you've somehow cleared all your interviews because you just loved the company so much and now you're standing at the, at the gates of offer acceptance and they just come up to you with the question of, so how much you wanna get paid for this? Uh, so there's generally two scenarios. Either the company comes to you and says, this is what we're paying you, this is what you think is a good package for you, or they'll raise the question to you first uh, of what do you think you should get paid? In either scenarios, what I would do or what I'd recommend you do is do your market research. Go on to Glassdoor, go on to LinkedIn, go on to, I think Indeed also collects these metrics uh, look up everywhere you can uh, any of the metrics based on your job experience, the languages, the industry demand, and the geographic location you're in, and figure out what's a good range. And always provide them with the range. Never say, this is the amount of money I want, because you will miss out big time. And when you're providing range, I like to play that by the year. If I because in certain companies, if of a certain scale, you can sort of bluff your way through. If you think, let's say hypothetically, your market price is like 85, you could give them a range saying, oh, I was expecting somewhere between 90 to 100 or 110 or whatever. And more often than not, you'll probably just get offered 90 because most, most companies pick the lower end, whatever range you provide them because that's the minimum they can pay and get away with it unless they're a big company where they might just say, oh, okay, that sounds reasonable. We can pay you 100, 105, and ta-da, now you're happy. But either way, do your research and 
I very strictly believe in this, that never take the first offer. But don't do it dickishly. Um, <laughs> because I've, I've definitely seen that, and it's just... If you're not, if, if it comes across insincere, all the impression you've made so far um, sort of works against you, where there's like, oh, now he's not a nice person, and they still haven't given you actual offer, so they can retract it. Uh, yeah, so basically, like, use proper language, etiquettes, basic things like, based on my market research, this is what I was more expecting to be the range on, as opposed to the money you offered. If you could work within this range, then we could have a deal. If not, it's really then upon you if you want to still take the job or not. Because salary is great, but depending on the company and the place you're in, you may want to take other factors into account of the things they're offering, like RSP matching, stonks that they give, um, company value, like they, some companies will just give you a vested interest in the company which generally if you see a good growth or long-term future with that company will be a lot more than any stocks general companies will offer and yeah just like benefits if you have some medical problems and you require a really good health plan you may want to negotiate that instead of having whatever basic plan every employee gets maybe you want extra spending allowance to spend on any disability equipment you want to buy or you love glasses so much so you want to make sure they have a good eye care plan or I don't know you eat candy all the time so you want to make sure your dental plan is good so things like those I've seen you can negotiate those out depending on what's more important to you and how much your expenses go I know when I injured my lower back um, the company had a healthcare plan where they had unlimited physiotherapy if they did not have that I would have lost out on thousands of dollars over two years of getting constant physiotherapy, but because of that, that was more beneficial to me than the lower salary they were offering me. Yeah, so basically, to reiterate, do your research and figure out what works for you, because companies can more or less always customize um, money to you. Yeah, I think all of the benefit packages that companies I've worked at have mostly been standardized, but the things I'm normally looking for are vision and dental, and vacation days. So if a company has a full extra week of vacation, for example, that's gonna catch my eye quite a bit. And knowing about that is nice. Also, it's good to know, this is something sneaky that can happen too, is if they talk about vacation days, but they're scheduled. So it's like, we get a week off in December. And it's like a lot of companies will provide that week off in December, but you need to know if that's included in the vacation days that they list because you might think you're looking at three weeks versus four weeks, but actually one company lists it as three, one company lists it as four, but both companies give you that week off in December, so you're actually getting the same amount of time off and you think it's different. So asking about that can be just a little thing that can come up and be disappointing when you go to you book your, your glorious fourth week of vacation and realize it's not an option. But uh, something that you didn't mention that I think is really important is if you have, if you can, you should get yourself a few offers and find out sort of what other companies are offering because oftentimes, I've found anyway, that that will give you more information about how much your at least presumed market value is than you can just reading up online because everything's so incredibly varied based on where you live, based on your particular background. You know, like if you're a software developer with five years experience, 
but five years are in this one area versus this other area. Like if you have five years of operations, suddenly you're worth a ton more money to a company than if it was all in front end development because YAML, right? Everybody loves YAML. And <laughs> that's right, uh, all that significant white space. And uh, just having offers from other companies will, at least that was how, how I wound up at my most recent negotiation number was by interviewing with other companies without even having the goal of doing an aggressive negotiation with them. It was more so, this company's interesting, I'll interview with them, we get to the point of the offer, and I realize, oh, that's what people are willing to pay me. That's great to know. I'll take this back uh, and see what I can do with it. So doing that has helped me a lot, especially if you need to recalibrate with remote work. Because um, if you live in an area that doesn't pay as much, and then you realize you can live there, but get compensation from elsewhere in the country that pays a lot more, having that updated perspective is going to matter. And it's going to be hard to do that with just Glassdoor or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you have the the availability and access, definitely, like, even just talking to seasoned recruiters who are actively hiring and getting people employed, you can show them your portfolio, ask them to get you a job, but you, at the same time, you can ask them, hey, what do you think are the ranges I can land depending on the company or the whatever market you're targeting? And of course, cross-check with like four or five different recruiters and then you have your very market-tested number uh, and ask them why, always ask them why. It's not just, hey, it's because you're four years and maybe somebody will like, oh, but you're excellent at Haskell. I know this exactly one company that'll pay you buttload of money because you're so good at Haskell. So where other recruiters might not know that. So. Yeah, yeah, we have an Elixir company here in town. Everybody, <laughs> anybody who wants to write Elixir, you know where to go. And I, just, I always think it's funny when that comes up because HR people will be like, have you ever written Elixir? I'm like, no, because I haven't worked at your company yet and you're the only ones that do that. So there are those niche you skills don't, that people love. You don't spend your free time just writing Elixir for no I reason? No, no. Oh. Should I? course oh, okay thanks I'll do, um, I'll do that from now on <laughs> that yeah be my, do better Nathan be do better. I'll just uh, write a tongue of elixir yeah I know that's something I definitely never do but I'm not surprised you should do it yeah it's not very functional for me uh, <laughs> yeah so so yeah definitely salary benefits uh, start date uh, one thing that also comes to near this end part is reference checks. Uh, that's where not burning your bridges is an excellent idea because they will call people who you work with and most of the, pretty much every company will do that. And they will ask your friends and pals and managers how good of an employee you were. So if you were nice to them this whole time and understanding, they might leave you a good review. Otherwise, they may not. And if you have reference checks that you've stayed close with, if that company asks some weird questions, they might share those answers with, or those questions with you. And that can be good to know too, because you see a bit about how the company is looking at you as a candidate. So that's probably a very niche thing, but it's come up for me. So something I wanted to put out there in the world, if if you're if just from a brief interaction, the people that you're referring to are 
skeptical of that company, you should perhaps add that to your skepticism as well. True. Just the, just the Nathan perspective. Be skeptical of everything. <laughs> exactly. Why not? Why not? Worst case scenario, you, you know, never get hired. Exactly. You can just be like, aha, but I knew that company once missed a payroll three years ago. So, yeah. But yeah, definitely <laughs> the. <laughs> and, and the thing I want to mention about reference checks, um, which is probably more applicable to like recruiters and companies that hire, please don't do phone call reference checks. I don't know. I. I just find generally that happens during work day, work hours, and asking somebody to reserve time for somebody else for like a half hour call or 15 minutes or 10 minutes just seems like too much of an ask to me, especially if it's a manager. I feel like they already have too many things to do. If two people leave their team, now they have to somehow find an hour block. And it's not just the one company. If you're comparing four or five different offers, you're probably having four or five reference calls. So. One thing I loved that EA did was they had this online form thing and I would just go in, type the name and the email of the people I wanted reference with and my relationship to them. And the system would just send all of them an e email and just say, you have a week, these are the questions, please get back to us. And I loved that so much. And there was some other company, I helped somebody get a job and they their reference also emailed me to do a reference check. And I was just so thankful. I was, having email helps me a collect my thoughts type them in a nice manner and i can do it asynchronously whenever i want i am i am not a thread that you could force to be synchronous <laughs> it just does not work very well so let me work on my own time and i've just found it extremely like i have never heard a negative review from somebody saying oh yeah i wish they had called me instead of sending me an email for a reference check because it's not their job. They're just doing a nice thing, so you may want to be nice to them. There you go. For all you hiring managers out there, that's our advice yeah. from the developer. Ban phone call reviews 2021. <laughs> the petition starts now. You heard it here first. <laughs> heard it here first. Um, yeah. Anything else you can think at the. Oh, uh, one thing I want to mention. Um, regardless if you get the job or you don't ask for feedback from all the interview processes you've gone through if you're a good company or want to be one please provide feedback because it's very important for the candidates and as a candidate when you ask that question it shows a you're interested in improving yourself which comes across great in companies eyes and even if you get hired they'll remember you as the guy of oh he got hired and he asked how he did so they'll just, it'll just be a nice little thing that normal most candidates don't do before you start your first day. So, you know, that kind, those, those kind of things, I think is like, it's as important as like writing that thank you email once you have your interview. It's not going to change anything at this point, but it'll create a good relationship. Have you ever gotten feedback from a company successfully from asking that? Yes, uh, oh, okay. exactly one, and they were they were a Vancouver-based company of sorts, um, but yeah, nothing from like any big companies. Yeah, the and I only started doing this like I don't know since my the job before, um, 
So I haven't done a lot of ad hoc interviews to ask this at, but right. Yeah. That's fair. But yeah, I did. This is just going back cause I'm, I'm kind of wrapped up on this section. If you, unless you have something to add. <laughs> no, this, that was like the last bullet point I had. I am. Yeah. By now, now everybody's just like excellent in negotiation. <laughs> They, they've done the job interview hunt from start to finish. They are pros. I'm proud of them. I hope you are too. I'm proud of them too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, what I was going to mention though was I thought of this show the other day because I was replying to all the recruiters that I'd been ignoring on LinkedIn and I was really nice to them and a, a few of them responded uh, and I always think that's a good sign when I actually get a reply to a no, I'm not interested in uh, opportunity right now, because that means I was very polite and they want to keep contact in the future. And so one of the things I was doing was just let them know, like, feel free to reach out in the future. And I put next year in there, basically give them a timeline of like, don't, you don't need to bother with three months or six months from now. I know it's not going to be at least a year. and. Uh, it just made me think of our advice from a few episodes ago of being nice to recruiters. And I thought, you know what? There you go. I'm, I'm walking the walk, taking, I don't know if it was my advice or your advice, but somebody's advice and actually implementing it in the real world. So I felt all warm and fuzzy and proud of myself. I'm proud of you too now. And all the more than one listener we have. That's right. They're proud of you too. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, there was, there was a time when I was eating a meal with a friend and I said that I was the least abrasive person on my team and he laughed out loud. So the fact that I can make, <laughs> the fact that I can make recruiters respond after being nice to them is a good sign, I think. I'm growing up. You're doing better. That's right, that's the whole name of the game because that is a recursive process. All right, and with that, so happy. again, <laughs> Tell me if you did anything better this past week and what you're going to do better next week. So I will start the section off with something I said I will do better but didn't do better at. Okay. Because um, I'm sort of getting into this mode of like shaming myself and owning my mistakes so I actually do better. Um, I've like, I've you know how in the previous episodes I've sort of mentioned I've been lacking discipline and, or lacking yeah, motivation. Yeah, yeah, so I've been trying to be more disciplined and it seems to be coming back. So I am want to kick it into the next year, and I thought maybe self-shaming would help. If it doesn't, we'll find out next <laughs> year. But <laughs> one of the things I said I would do is put out a blog on the Do Better Club website for the lifestyle ones, and I didn't, which is, you know, because I apparently setting up Instagram for the Do Better Dev Show was a lot more time-consuming than I thought, because we have so many episodes, and copy-paste all over the place um, is exhausting and thinking of hashtags. So I just didn't do it. It just took longer than I thought it would. Um, but I'm very happy about the, that Insta. And then the other thing I said was I'm going to look at system design and infrastructure because I was switching gears from like coding and dumb algorithms that I never want to use in my career to like looking at actual system design infrastructure things. Um, I actually drew a system design plan, but that was for work. I didn't do anything on my own. So I'm going to count that as did not do better. Um, so that'll probably go into my do better, which we can talk about later. But in the did better section, mm -hmm. um, 
we have a do better show Instagram. We do. You know, huge, huge. Yeah, if, if crazy. you like yellow, this is the Instagram account for you. That's true, because we have no variety on there. <laughs> it is just this yellow wall of all our episode thumbnails. Yeah, Gan sends me a message. Can you send me a zip of all the thumbnails? And probably 30 seconds later, I'm like, here you go, here's a zip of the thumbnails. And then my phone's just like, every few minutes, just like, oh, yeah, there's another do-better. There's another do-better. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I just wanted to make sure we, we catch up with the backlog. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm going to have a little bit more variety. So if you like a whole bunch of yellow and then some memes and some other stuff, come join our Insta page. You can interact with us there more easily instead of writing emails. And it's just it's just the newest, greatest way of getting in touch with us, which everybody just wants to do, right? I think so. Okay. That's okay. our podcast. At least it- we talk at each other and then everybody else wants to get involved. That's true, yeah. That's how we get guests, and I don't know. We'll just, we'll just. Anyways, it's there. I did better on it, and I'm very happy about it, actually. Nice. Because we hit that goals, goals we didn't even have. So it's great. And I started reading. Thanks for the feedback, because my do better from last week was read 20 pages a day. I don't know if I've actually hit that. I realized when I was trying to hit a number, I was sort of skimming through certain paragraphs. So I ensured that I, instead of doing that, I fixated that a minimum of 30 hour reading time, 30 minute reading time a day. So that's been executing pretty well. <laughs> 30 hour a day would be pretty hard. Yeah, uh, yeah. you have to multi-thread that for sure. That's true. <laughs> Just read from the beginning and, oh my God. Um, but yeah, so I started reading, thanks for the feedback. Pretty good book so far. Um, Apparently, it tells you just to be a better listener so far. Uh, don't get attached and so many things. It, I, I like it differently because generally I've seen like coaching books or these kind of books focus more on giving feedback good. And as the book says, and I've definitely noticed it in my career, if the person is not in a mood to get feedback, it does not matter if you've like voiced it in the best way possible. It's it's going into trash. So. This is about changing your mindset to receiving, regardless of how badly or good the feedback is being delivered, to get the information from it to do better in life. So that's what I did better. I'm going to continue doing better on the book. I'm not adding that as my do better so that it's not repetitive. I'm just going to keep reading it. I just needed to start reading it. Um, I'm going to put out a blog post. This weekend I am going hiking, so I may not have the time (laughs) to write it. But my do better is realistic, and it says write up a draft of the blog. Do you know what the topic's going to be, and do you want to yes. give the audience a sneak preview, or is that secret? Oh no, we can we can give a sneak preview because by the time this episode drops, hopefully I've put out the blog. Uh, the title is called "Do Tough Shit." Um, yeah, the main theme of the article is seek discomfort to get out of your normal zones and how to sort of build discipline and resilience is you just have to do tough shit take cold showers work out run i don't know do something that's not your comfort zone because if you're just comfortable you may not be you know improving or doing anything change is hard and difficult and it makes us better so 
there you go. That's the entire blog. I'm just going to add a whole bunch of examples, some case studies, and some my language to it. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. I've had that idea for a while. I've just been a lazy piece of something. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start writing that. That's my do better. Um, I'm going to look into subscriptions on Anchor and how those things work because in the last episode we talked about people should pay us for no reason. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to give them a way to do that. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. So that we can take that money and I don't know. Yeah, it's probably just going to sit there because we have nothing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But pay us. And yeah, and I'm going to actually start doing the system design infrastructure. So I have planned to design sort of in my head or on the whiteboard that I own Twitter by the end of this week. So I'm going to draw the system design infrastructure for Twitter. Uh, Of course, I can't test it, which is sad. But what I'm going to do is, once I design it, I'm actually going to look, go look it up, how it's set up in real life, and see how close I got, or how horribly far I was. So either way, it's a start. So my next week's do betters are basically just start doing things. Now that I'm sort of getting in the groove of not just scrolling through Instagram Reels all day, do stuff. Are you preparing for something in particular with system design stuff, or just getting yourself out of yaml every day all day that's pretty much okay. it uh i i tried to get myself out of yaml.json all day every day <laughs> uh, by reading through by doing co- lead code problems and i did some and then i realized i know how to build apis and stuff i don't really care much for the algorithm stuff because i i just want to learn language specific things for the code because i i'm I'm good enough at this point that if you give me a certain rough idea, I can translate that into a real-world application. So what I want to do is I want to continue looking at the scaling and infrastructure things because I've been focusing a lot on automation for the last year, how to make these things scalable, work better, and all those things. But I have lost all touch from connecting 20 different systems and seeing if they can communicate and work effectively. So even if I start preparing them in theory, um, consuming bigger systems would be easier for me. Or at least that's what I feel right now. I'm going to do it, and then at the end of the day, I'll know how to build Twitter. So I'll just go start a Twitter um, competitor, you know? Twitter.club. Twitter.club, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to get like copyrighted, sued. Oh. It'll be, you know, Twitter is what, about after a bird, I could have... After a dog, I'd call it like Barker.club or something. It's just, <laughs> okay. it's just angry tweets. It just There's a machine learning that figures out all angry tweets and posts them on it. Okay. It's like the most toxic version of Twitter. Exactly. Sweet. Yeah. If you can imagine a worse version of Twitter, it'll be right. that. Okay. Hmm. Teach their own, I suppose. <laughs> so I have my did better. I actually already mentioned one of them, which was... I wanted to actually reply to all those LinkedIn messages. And I put these as two separate things because I did them at two separate times, but they're basically the same thing, which is also reply to all the emails that I had. So there are far fewer emails and uh, that didn't take too long. And it was actually nice because normally I, normally I don't let things build up a little bit and then batch them, but I did this time. And it was really easy just being able to go through and be like, this is my current situation, reason why I'm not looking for 
a job right now and this is one I suggest reaching out again and just moving through the different emails and LinkedIn messages. It was very quick and I should have done it sooner because honestly, it didn't take that long. I wanted to actually hang out with some friends. I've basically seen the same three people for the last year and it was nice to finally convince them to hang out again because I hadn't seen them in a couple months or at least a month. I don't, I don't know if it was two months, but at least a month. And so it was really nice to see some people because there are patios open with the good weather here. So I was able to get them to do that. I did not get to platinum rank in ones in Rocket League. I got within four MMR. And so this, this is what happened. I was playing yesterday. It was going great. I won a bunch of games. And I was at gold, div, gold three, div four, four points away from platinum rank. So I need to win one more game. But I was running out of time. I need to get to the gym because I play in the morning. And I was like, I can either try squeezing one more game and then be late to the gym, or I can leave on this high note of having won a bunch of games, and then I just need to like prepare and, and win one more today, which is tomorrow at that point. And so today, I go in there and I'm like, all right, here we go. Warm up and free play a bit, feeling good, play one casual game, absolutely stomp the guy. So I was like, all right, I think I'm in a good spot. Hop into competitive, ranked for one match, and the guy crushes me. It was like eight to two. I went, okay, well that's not great. Uh, I'll play twos, which is currently in plat. I don't remember if I mentioned that already, but got to plat two or something like that in twos. And I was like, I'll play this. And then me and my teammate were not on the same page at all. So that didn't go well, I lost that game. So I was like, all right, let's, teammates aren't working out. We'll go back to, back to ones. Lost another ones game, but it was overtime, so it was very close. We got five five overtime. Bear, I had a, I missed the shot slightly. He got a good bounce, got a breakaway, and just scored. Like, well, all right. So anyway, point is, I ended up losing two more threes because I just gave up on ones and twos. Played some threes, lost two of those, so I lost five consecutive games today, <laughs> and did not make it to plat, uh, plat in ones. Uh, but I am in in mid twos, mid plat two in threes somehow. So progress, just not today, unfortunately. And uh, still have that goal then for doing better, of trying to get to plaid in ones. I did do um, more dating app conversations. So been actually messaging ladies on dating apps, which that's my goal for this month is to actually make some progress there. This is a, a done with the work focus that was over the winter got to focus on some private life stuff for a bit personal life stuff so we'll see how that goes it was definitely better had a few conversations going and i'm still learning how to talk to strangers on the internet but we'll get there and for doing better i'll continue doing that the stuff i mentioned as far as keeping ahead on, on emails trying to talk to people on dating apps and trying to convince friends to hang out and play rocket league but other than that, I'm going to take the weekend off from the gym. So I realized when I, my gym has this login membership portal where you have to book your stations right now. And whenever you have the most visits for a certain period of time, it tells you. So I've had this rolling thing of most visits awarded and it just keeps 
jumping up where it's like you you visited seven days in this time period and I'm like that was the past week is this time period so it just kept doing that I did that four days in a row or four weeks in a row and then I looked at it on May 1st and it said you have been awarded this reward most visits for everybody in the past month and it was 28 and I was like this is this is bad I should probably be taking days off so we're gonna take the weekend off from the gym and spend that it should give me more opportunity to just like have free time where I go I'm not doing something active I should go outside and I'll go outside and do something so that leads into my other thing which is I need to do something that constitutes like active lifestyle stuff so I used to do climbing used to be a lot more hiking and biking that I was doing and winter sort of killed a lot of those habits so I want to focus on doing at least one thing in the next week that does that and if I can manage to get it scheduled uh, get a haircut so I got it all written down there's a lot of stuff but I'll remember it because I wrote it down well, yeah. are you gonna can you just scale the building outside it's just you know I hypothetically I could I don't know that that mm. is the best choice I could make one of my friends does try to sell me on the idea of being an anti-hero quite frequently and essentially Batman it, mostly because I did Taekwondo growing up and he's like you, you could be basically an anti-hero and uh, there's a lot of talk of grappling hooks in there so if I had one of those it'd be quite easy to climb I think compared to without at least because brick brick there's not a lot of indentation and I'm not nearly as skilled as an Alex Honnold or something so mm. So the only thing stopping you from becoming Batman is um, money. For, for and a grappling skill. hook? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, if I remember the, I don't even know if it's canon anymore, the Justice League, I think it was that one, he, his, he claims that his superpower is being rich. And so technically that's the only thing stopping anybody from being Batman. So if any of our listeners have billions of dollars lying around um give it to nathan he's young he works out and he can be the next batman yeah the hero victoria deserves needs needs but doesn't doesn't deserve, deserve. okay yeah. Right. yeah cool yeah i'm sure like it's actually speaking of like billionaires making bad decisions bill gates God, I forgot to mention the sad news of the week, I guess, which we don't have a section. But Bill Gates is now broke. Like, Bill Gates and Melinda Gates are taking, are divorcing. Oh. It's like, yeah, yeah. It, like, hit me out of nowhere. And, like, not that I cared about them as a couple before, not that I do now. Like, I, I don't have personal attachment to it. It was just this shocking thing. And then my Instagram feed was, like, swamped with these posts of, Melinda Gates is the best investor in the world because she married him when the stock price was here and then she's divorcing when the Microsoft stock price is there or whatever. Um, and it was just crazy because he's this like really cold, calculated person and so is Melinda. Um, so I'm sort of curious to like get more information, but I'm not going to because I'm not their family member or paparazzi. So. That's true. Maybe they just yeah. maybe this had an agreement, like, hey, if we don't stop malaria by 2021, we have to give it up. Go our separate ways. That is, yeah, maybe that, that was uh, in their marriage contract. That's right, yeah. Yeah. 
Damn. Come on, Bill. If you spent less time turning poop into water, maybe you could have cured my <laughs> If only he had. If only he had. Anyways, that's the that's the end of <laughs> end of the show and the segments. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. Keep keep pumping those numbers up. Hit us up on Instagram. If you're a cute girl who wants to date Nathan, hit us up on our Instagram too, because <laughs> uh, apparently he's actually doing that. We had this whole conversation a couple of weeks ago where we talked about the fact that his chances of meeting somebody increases exponentially if he actually talks to them. And so far, that's, I'm happy. Yeah, so far that's turned out to be true. You, you're yeah. giving me some good advice here, Dan. Yeah, the theory correlates the data, and you know, it just makes you me had happy. Had a model because data. You used it to make a prediction, and that prediction so far is turning out to be correct. Wow, it's like that quote you mentioned in the earlier episode of the humans being like machine oh, learning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, bye. bye. <laughs>